And a great big good morning to all of our Arizona homeowners. You're tuned in to Rosie on the House, celebrating 30 years of being Arizona's Saturday morning tradition, where we bring you great information about your house, home, castle, or cabin, whatever you're trying to tackle from the bottom of the foundation to the top of the rooftop and everything in between. If you've got a project you'd like to get done, that's why we show up every single Saturday morning. Now, as you know, it's a four-hour program for those of you that are regular listeners. We have a 10 o'clock segment where we drill down deep on one particular topic. Nine o'clock hour is when we invite y'all to phone in with whatever project you're trying to tackle, and we'll see what we can't do about putting our experience to work for you and uh, give you some tricks and of the trade and some tips and some tool recommendations, actually brand name recommendations for products you need to use. Eight o'clock hour is our outdoor living segment where we talk about everything having to do with your hedges, your trees, your garden, your lawn, and your roses. And in the seven o'clock hour, we haven't decided what to call it yet. Romy calls it people and places and things of Arizona. Jennifer calls it whatever we want. And so that's pretty much what it is. And this morning, we have two special guests joining us this morning to address one of my absolute most favoritest topics, Arizona and Arizona history. We've got Catherine Leonard. She is the State Historic Preservation Officer for the Arizona State Historic Preservation Office. Not, not executive director, not boss. You are the officer. Yes. Singular. No badge. No, no badge. <laughs> Two deputies, no badge. Miss <laughs> Catherine, how how do you lead up to getting a position like I would have stayed in high school and gotten a uh, education if I knew there was a job called State <laughs> Historic Preservation Officer? It is a it is a it is a pretty uh, awesome title. I will say that um, it's an awesome title for a very big position. Um, and what I do is I essentially work with communities throughout Arizona to assist them with their preservation needs, um, planning needs. I work with federal agencies, state agencies, and tribes. Uh, so what did I do to get here? Yeah. Um, What's you know, that resume uh, my, look like? <laughs> my background, I'm an archaeologist. I'm a professional archaeologist. Ooh. And uh, I played in a lot of dirt for a lot of years. Out in the Southwest? Out in the Southwest. Okay. My graduate degree is out here from Arizona. Uh, and I did my master's research in New Mexico, but before that, I was doing some archaeology in Mexico, doing some archaeology in Alaska, doing some archaeology in New York. Been around wow. for quite a while. <laughs> wow. Well, we're going to bring you right to Arizona, and the fact that you got your education here and you're holding this particular office right now, I want to get into what does your current day-to-day -day look like. But before we get into that, I'd like to inter introduce Mr. Jim McPherson who's president of the Arizona Preservation Foundation. Now, what, Jim, what's the Arizona Preservation Foundation? Uh, welcome to uh, yes, thanks Preservation for us, and uh, Arizona Preservation. Uh, our group is a nonprofit uh, advocacy organization that uh, strives to um, uh, advance the notion of historic preservation and actively work with communities and individual property owners on saving their historic buildings. We've, we're a nonprofit organization. We've been around since 1979, totally volunteer. Uh, we're out there working with uh, organizations like uh, the State Historic Preservation Office, uh, city organizations, uh, federal uh, groups to advance historic preservation in our state. And how long have you been with the foundation? 
Uh, I've been off and on uh, in, with the foundation, uh, taking uh, various stints in the uh, early 2000s, and then the latest. Uh, I've been uh, on the board for about six years in this latest uh, stint. Okay, and I, I understand you were just recently. I guess you spent a lot of time on the road. Uh, yes, so uh, <laughs> I, I like to combine weekend trips around I, the state. I, I with, saw an email just the other day where you were all day in Casa Grande. Uh, now, what, what did the Arizona Preservation Foundation find for you to do in beautiful Casa Grande? That is, um, we had a board meeting uh, that was talking about um, uh, several different projects related to historic preservation. Um, the Main Street program, which Catherine and I work on, that advances uh, historic preservation in historic downtowns yes. uh, across the state. I've been to, uh, most recently, Kingman, Arizona, to talk uh, with city officials and private uh, property owners in their downtown to look at historic preservation in, in downtown Kingman. And it's great. I love to, to travel the state, uh, get to know people, talk. Uh, check out the local restaurants and bars, uh, usually in a historic building. Uh, I'm, I, I have to tell you, I'm really agonizing because after years and years, I'm actually going into a, a new Arizona Rolls-Royce, a new F-150. Wow. And that really agonized me because my old truck is so old, all I had to do is tell it where I wanted to go. It's vintage. Yes. Take me to Elgin. And Take me to Portal. Take me to wherever, and the truck knew the that. way. Wow! So I'm I'm agonizing. We spend a lot of time traveling Arizona. There's hardly a corner of the state we haven't been in. Miss Catherine, y'all recently, several months ago, just pulled off a huge conference down at uh, Conquistador Resort in Oro Valley. That was a spectacular event. Yes, and thank you for coming, Rosie. Oh. It was great to have you there. Wouldn't miss it. We, Jennifer and I make a, a point of having that on our calendar every single year. That was our 15th annual conference, and we are proudly announcing our next conference location for 2018 this week. It'll be right here in the Valley at the... Um, Scott's Tail Valley Ho. Um, and so we'll be celebrating year 16, talking about mid-century modern heritage and what it takes to make a living here in the desert. And when I say living, like building a house in the desert, eking out an existence in the desert. Um, so we're really looking at issues of sustainability, issues of the original uh, green inhabitants of the valley, which would be the Hohokam here in the valley. Um, so we're going to take you all the way up from prehistory to mid-century. Uh, it's going to be a great conference, and I'm really hoping that our central location this year uh, will build some additional interest from the public at our sessions. Well, you, per you, you certainly hit on an iconic mid-century marvel at oh, the it's Valley Hill. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. <laughs> yeah, that is a great facility. Okay, you're talking about the earliest settlers, particularly of the of the Verde Valley here. I think one of the most overlooked gems in the whole state is Pueblo Grande. Really? Right there approaching Sky Harbor at 44th Street and uh, Washington? It's Washington and yeah. 44th, yeah. yeah. National uh, Historic Landmark, Park of the Four Waters, and probably one of the, um, well, I'm going to just go right out there on a limb and say it is the only urban archaeological park that has a classic period a platform mound. So, um, you know, in Arizona, that's, that's that. an easy, explain that's that. a slam dunk. Okay, so the Hohokam here in the valley are the original inhabitants of the Salt River Valley. They're the, they're the folk that excavated our canal system uh, that was re-excavated back in the, um, the late 1800s by the, the Euro-American settlers of the valley. Um, the Hohokam 
I'm trying to not get too technical oh. here in terms of archaeology well, it, and well, blow it's, your hard, it's hard not to. The level yeah. of civilization they had here at Pueblo Grande. Am I mistaken? That I, am I not remembering it right? That they're in the museum at the visitor center. It talks about a stretch from west of Buckeye to basically east of Gold Canyon. That this valley was probably in, inhabited by something in the neighborhood of a hundred to hundred and fifty thousand people. I, I would say one hundred and fifty would probably be at the at the high end, but certainly tens of thousands for That's sure. That's incredible. I mean, it's a desert oasis. I mean, everybody who comes to Phoenix, they think of the Salt River Valley as what it appears to be today, which is the result of you know our <laughs> hydroelectric dams, um, and so there is no water in the river, uh, and there really is no riparian lush environment and it's really hard to picture that there was an entire network an agricultural network thriving here amongst the salt and the gila uh, and even the agua fria uh, but but really i mean this this was a, almost an urbanized location during classic period for the hohokam okay and you've got to stick with me because uh, th- these are called rosy bunny trails okay so we're going to okay. switch fast okay <laughs> you talked about classic era mounds Yes, yeah, so the, the platform mound there at Pueblo Grande is classic period, which is the height of the Hohokam, when they were at their most highly organized level. Um, and so um, within, within the valley, there are, are certain sites that have a higher visibility architecture on them. Platform mounds are, are one of them. Um, so there's another platform mound over at Mesa Grande, uh, which will be the site. And, and here's my plug, see okay. how okay. clever, good, which good. will be the site of our archaeology expo in March. And so those are also interpreted as well. And the mounds are artificially created mesas or are they just taking advantage of the natural terrain to no, create this no, area? They're, they're man-made yeah. they're constructions and what were they what were they used for well that's that's um that's was a that matter the, of debate was that all the dirt they hand dug out of the canals um some of it undoubtedly came from canals the other um i would say dirt or um fill came from what we call borrow pits in archaeology so giant pits that you know just essentially were dug to essentially get good fill for earthwork creations and then you go down to casa grande ruin and in that visitor center they talk about the number of is it like sport courts that are located like ball courts ball courts yeah and that's from buckeye down to tucson well, actually, there's a, a ball cart uh, all the way far as north as Wupaki uh, National M- Monument. So they they actually go quite quite far up. That and then there are Basque uh, a Basque ball court in Flagstaff, and that was the Basque sheep That's herders Basque. that came <laughs> in. Okay, and now we're talking the Hohokam, which would be about when fifteen hundred years ago. Uh, yeah, approximately, I would okay. say. Yeah, and then and then we move to the Basque sport courts which would date to the early 1800s. 1800s. Mm -hmm. Okay. More when we get back with Catherine Leonard, the State Historic Preservation Officer, and Jim McPherson, President of Arizona Preservation Foundation. If you like history and you love Arizona, you are not going to want to miss the rest of this hour here at Rosie on the House. And we're back at Rosie on the House talking history, in particular Arizona history, with Jim McPherson, the president of the Arizona Preservation Foundation, and Catherine Leonard, the state historic preservation officer. Jim, I've got a list in my hands here of the most endangered historic places as recorded 
by the Arizona Preservation Foundation. How do you, what criteria do y'all use? I have a list of 25 here. What criteria do y'all use to determine the most endangered? So our board is comprised of uh, professional historians, archaeologists, um, professional uh, professionals in the historic preservation field. Would you ever open it up to like a handyman carpenter that does a radio show? You could be on our committee. <laughs> We're always looking for volunteers. All right, good. good. Uh, so we, we put together a, a, a criteria list of things that uh, are important for consideration on the list. One is the uh, threat, the actual threat. Is it threatened with demolition? Uh, its significance, um, its historic um, uh, you know, the historic history of, of the building. And so we, uh, we get nominations all the time, uh, and uh, we meet regularly to go through the list and uh, update it. And then we uh, work with, if it's in, say, the city of Tucson, then we work with Tucson Historic Preservation Advocates and maybe the city of Tucson or whoever to look at uh, coming up with solutions for um, uh, demolition, uh, alternatives to demolition. A, a lot of private-public collaboration, I imagine. That is what we do. Uh, is, we're, yeah. we're, again, a totally 100% volunteer, and so we uh, we have a network of preservationists throughout the state um, and uh, working on these in their local communities, and you know, the State Historic Preservation Office is a wonderful resource and that provides a, a great background and uh, you know, the, the, the technical aspects of, of preservation that then we can take to these local communities and property owners and say, here are the financial uh, benefits of historic preservation. Here's the uh, economic development, community revitalization benefits um, that uh, you, you all need to consider uh, versus demolition of a, of a historic structure. One of the sites listed as the most endangered historic places in Arizona is the Bosque ball court in Flagstaff. Tell me a little short story All about right. that. So um, that's in Flagstaff, and it's it's behind a, a, a structure, a house in, in Flagstaff. And we work very closely with the historic preservation officer in Flagstaff, um, a couple of our board members in Flagstaff to um, you know, really recognize uh, that as, as an endangered structure. Um, Met with property owner, uh, worked with the city, and now it's it's been um, it's been saved. And it'll be developed into a, a, a an asset that's open to the public, it's or yet o- to be determined. It's an asset uh, that's open to the public right now. Okay, it's not used as a ball court, but it's yeah, uh, yeah. I get it's, it. It's I get visible. It. Number eight on this list of twenty five is the David and Gladys Wright House. Now we ought to be able to take that off the endangered list pretty soon, shouldn't we? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Do, do you know the story oh, of, yes. of the excavator? <laughs> oh, do I? Does he know? Can, do can, I know? Story? Can you can you share with our listeners? Well, how, how just you need to do it in about a minute and a half. Oh Lord! So so we've got the David and Gladys Wright House in Arcadia, designed by Frank Lloyd Wright for his son, and now the family has passed on, and we have this beautiful structure right. sitting there. So I was invited to go into a meeting with the City Historic Preservation Officer of Phoenix, uh, Michelle Dodds, and she laid out the site plan of the property. And she showed me this line uh, <laughs> that went through the property. And master, I go, new master plan. <laughs> the property line that you're showing me goes right through the house. That means it would be demolished because he wanted uh, the the owners at that time wanted to parcel the property off into— Pretty valuable piece of property. Yes. And, you know, that just said, we can't have that happen. <laughs> uh, and, and we were able, able to rally the troops of, of architects and pres- preservationists, uh, Arcadia residents, um, for months 
to uh, just uh, rally around the cause of the importance of this of this structure, um, you know, conveying to the owners the, the the preservation benefits of this structure and what it means to the city of Phoenix, what it means uh, to fans of Frank Lloyd Wright, what it means to um, our city that this is such an important structure that we need to. Y'all had to bring in a separate private developer to come in and pick the property up in a sale and and dedicate himself to preserving it. Exactly. Do I have that right? There was a there was an angel. Yeah. Uh, with all the the brouhaha that was uh, going on about the the property, um, a gentleman by the name of Zach Rawlings, um, who grew up here in in Phoenix in the neighborhood of Arcadia, uh, just uh, working through a couple other uh, organizations at the national level, um, um, you know, working with the city of, of Phoenix, um, just came in and said, this can't happen, and was able to um, make arrangements for the purchase of the property. Fantastic. Well, it's a big success story in being able to save that particular structure. I know the I, I know the local area well enough to know there's still some friction about the public events there, but in the long term, it's good we saved the, the structure. Exactly. And and just uh, recently, uh, they've uh, the the David uh, Wright House Foundation has entered into an agreement with uh, Taliesin West and the uh, the, the architect architecture school there to team up to work on uh, the next phase of the project, the renovation of the of the uh, uh, main house. Uh, currently now they're looking at the, the guest house. Fantastic. So that's a great partnership. Fantastic. All right, folks, you're listening to Rosie on the House, where we're here with Jim McPherson, president of Arizona Preservation Foundation, and Catherine Leonard, the state historic preservation officer. When we get back, we'll be talking to Catherine about how many sites are open to the public in the state of Arizona for you to experience Arizona history right here at Rosie on the House. And we're back on a beautiful Saturday morning. You're tuned in to Rosie on the House where we're talking everything historical about our beautiful great state of Arizona with Catherine Leonard, the Arizona State Historic Preservation Officer, and Jim McPherson, the president of the Arizona Preservation Foundation. Catherine, I don't think people understand. When we moved here in in the early 60s, and we moved here from south the Gulf Coast, my mom was reading an Encyclopedia Britannica about Arizona as we were driving across Texas. And she said, do you know Arizona has more state national parks than any other state in the Union except California? That's incredible. We are loaded with jewels. I'll tell you one of the best things about this job is that I get to come to work every morning and work on programs and policies that protect our heritage resources here in the state. And they are great and they are diverse and I couldn't be more proud of of the work that my staff does and my advocacy partners do on a day-to-day basis to make sure that these places stick around for folks to enjoy them and, and for folks' as children and grandchildren to enjoy them. There are some in, in this list there, in my mind, in, in my understanding of Arizona, there there's assets here that, that are nothing less than sacred ground. Um, yes, and for many tribes here in Arizona, uh, our public lands contain uh, essentially the, um, the textbooks of, of their own histories, the landscapes themselves. Um, and so much of what my office does is really open space planning, working with federal and state agencies to make sure uh, that these resources are conserved, not just for uh, recreational use or uh, for um, uh, the the heritage of, of, of 
greater Arizona, but also for the tribes themselves. Uh, these are places where they go to worship, places where they go to pray and to teach uh, future generations about their culture. So it's really important, especially when it comes to our cultural landscapes and our archaeological sites, uh, that we make sure that we as a state um, have best practices in place to make sure they're conserved. And and are you of the type to be willing to share that, like, when you just want a weekend disconnected, do you have one of these sites that just happen to be your favorite little getaways, your happy place? Well, I love I love camping with my family, and we, we just got ourselves a 1955 Kenskill, and her name is Reba Red, and we take her out all over the place. Um, and we're, we got to post. We need a picture to post on Facebook. Oh, it's wonderful. Okay. It really there are, there are posts. is. It is yes. wonderful. And I'm going to take her down to Tucson Modernism Week in October, where I'm going to enter her into their their trailer show, their 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 modern trailer show. So there's a plug for another historic preservation event down in Tucson. It's going to be great. Um, but um, no favorite places. I, I mean, I'm. I love all parts of the state, and I know that sounds that sounds ridiculous, but there's just really something in each corner of the state um, that can be of interest to anyone. And, you know, I would be remiss if I didn't put a plug in for our good old state parks. We have so many diverse state parks, and Was within— 20, eight, eight, oh gosh. 28, 29? I should know. Party, I should know. 34? Let's get Sue Black on the 30, phone. Okay. Is it that many? That includes the historic parks, too. Yes. Oh, well, okay. I was going to say, right. and we have, we have great historic parks, which a lot of people don't recognize that. You know, we're, we're known for our, our, our lovely vistas and, and, and Karchner and our, our, our geological wonders and um, places to take uh, photos of wildflowers, but we also have the Tombstone Courthouse, um, and folks don't realize that that is, that is a state park. Um, we, through our partners, we have Reardon Mansion up in Flagstaff, which is, which is a wonderful um, uh, house museum that interprets the early days of the Flagstaff settlement and its pioneering family, the Reardons, who it's built right the lumber mills. It's, it's right, right in, in town. town. It's right yeah. next to the campus. And, and some very, very, I've toured it several times, uh-huh. uh, and there's some very, very innovative technologies in that home as far as hot water, hot water circulation, some of the the uh, the uh, it was like an intercom system with buttons and bells and stuff. I mean, the the guys were really yeah. Pretty. It housed two families, I and mean, it's 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 a fantastic place. And then you know, continuing up north, there we have Hamalavi State Park, which is an archaeological park. And um, if for folks who haven't been out there, it is worth the trip. It's a little north bit out there. North of Winslow. Um, well, it's north of the I forty, so I'd say north uh, east of Winslow. Yeah. Um, it, and it's it, it's it, Hamalavi. It's and it's one of Hopi. the newer parks, right? Within the last decade. No, Hamalavi's no? been around, I think, since the late fifties or early sixties. And it's out there on kind of the plains. Yeah, it it is it is out there, um, you know, basically on that vast stretch of I forty that's incredibly flat and windswept. But it's the same stretch that gives us Petrified Forest National Monument, Meteor Crater. Um, it, that is, I, I would say, I love that corridor. I love driving that corridor because you get the whole swath of Arizona history just driving that corridor. And you know, you're you can stay at the La Posada in yeah. Winslow, which is a fabulous tax credit project. Um, and an example of how um, a, a once forgotten building can be revitalized into the crown jewel of an, of an entire town and, and tourism industry. You've got Hamalavi, which is a great example of co-management by the Hopi tribe and Arizona State Parks to create an interpretive center for Hopi history, essentially. And uh, the 
Painted Desert. You've got you, yeah the Painted Desert Complex, which well, is you've a got Richard first, Second and Third Mason. You've got, you got a Ribe and you got yeah. Canyon de Chez and I mean yeah just, everything. Yeah, and the Painted Desert Complex that is a that is a great preservation project that is just wrapped its its initial phases, which was to restore the storefront there. That is a very um, well-known modernist by the name of Richard Neutra, who designed that complex to be one of the preeminent crown jewels of administrative complexes in the park system. And that's right out there in rural Arizona. Um, so I'd say if you're traveling along that that segment of the state, you're getting a really good slice of what Arizona's all about. You know, in that part of the state, and I know it's not a part of the state parks program, but I, I must have driven by Meteor Crater 10,000 times thinking, what kind of tourist trap hoax is that spot? It is a great stop. It, 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 it's a great it's stop. It's legit. Yeah. It is legit. It's a meteor. <laughs> it's a great stop. Uh, a lot of history about it and, and the, the actual piece of the meteor that got that, that was retrieved from uh, a little a little ways away. But that is a beautiful part of the really state. it's really windy. So if you get out there, bring your sunscreen yeah. and hold on to your hat. Absolutely. But that's, so we've just kind of like carved the northeast corner of the state out. And, you know, there's absolutely some beautiful country there. And then you turn around and you, and you cut the southeast corner of the state out. And you were talking about Tombstone. There's so many beautiful places down there. We're working on another project in southeast um, uh, part of the state in Sierra Vista with Fort Huachuca, um, the uh, Mountain View Black Officers Club, uh, one of the f- uh, last remaining officers clubs for um, uh, African Americans uh, uh, in the in the country. And so we're working with the U.S. Army. We're working the State Historic Preservation Office, the National Trust for Historic Preservation, um, and others to find a use for that for that structure mm-hmm. and complex and. You know, it, it takes a lot of hand-holding and rolling up the sleeves and coming up with, you know, ideas of what can be done yeah. with uh, such a, a structure. And, and and the story of the of um, the Mountain View Officers Club is a great story for how our office inter, uh, interacts with our advocacy partners to really, uh, pr- you know, to do effectively the work of preservation here in Arizona. This was a building that had fallen into disuse um uh, uh, on the Fort Huachuca facility. It just simply did not have a function, and they have very limited resources there. But it's of enormous significance, as, as Jim just indicated. And there was a group there, um, they're, they're called the SWABs, the Southwestern Association of Buffalo Soldiers. Um, and they were really wanting to use that, that building to interpret uh, the history of the Buffalo Soldiers and the history of, um, essentially, uh, African-American uh, presence at Fort Huachuca. Um, however, that in itself doesn't provide um, a very uh, sustainable economic <laughs> use for that building, just one small museum in this very large building. So with all of the partners, in, including the Arizona Community Foundation, Arizona Preservation Foundation, the Tucson Preservation Foundation really stepped up to the plate as well. Under the umbrella of the National Trust, these folks have got a proposal together that the Army has accepted and is investigating to create an adaptive reuse project that will essentially serve not just the fort itself in terms of a commissary, a restaurant bar facility, um, a place for meetings, but will also serve Sierra Vista, which, you know, really at this point in time lacks a big space for events to occur. So it'll create this really interesting connectivity between the fort and the community um, that that the Army very much wants to promote as part of their healthy pillars um, of, of, of life on the fort. And that building now has been identified. Uh, and hasn't it just in the last year been stabilized and, and re-roofed and 
actually, no, that one, um, it it's in pretty good shape. Okay. Uh, the actions that have been undertaken over the last year has been mostly environmental remediation to uh, remove uh-huh. mouse droppings. So that <laughs> so that further <laughs> you re- just used the words mouse droppings. I did. I, that you was very. Used them? No, just I used. just used them. I could have used uh, oh. another word, but I'm using mouse droppings. <laughs> Because it's radio. Another fantastic example of y'all's work statewide. <laughs> you 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 uh, you were talking about how much you enjoy getting up and having your office and your job and your task and your mission to look forward to every single work Best day. Best job ever. Uh, if if I could just be your chauffeur, do you? Get you know a, what? I'll I drive do, you. I, I'll just drive you around. I I will I will take you up on that because I like to knit and I don't like to drive. <laughs> okay, I'm always looking for chauffeurs. That's good. Fantastic. Did you have something to say, Jim? No. Okay, all right. I don't knit. Okay, all right. You want to drive along? I'll drive along. All sure. Right. Well, we'll... We, we've gone on, on road trips before as well. Oh, I mean, that's that's the best thing. So I'm I'm the government arm, um, and Jim is the advocacy arm. And really, to, to have effective preservation, you need both in this state. Well, I can't thank you all enough for joining us and, and, and informing our listeners. It's Catherine Leonard, the State Historic Preservation Officer for the Arizona State Historic Preservation Office, and Jim McPherson, President of the Arizona Preservation Foundation. I can't say anything more than thank you all. Thank, well, thank you, you, Rosie. It was fun. And welcome back, and thank you for tuning in to Rosie on the House this beautiful Arizona Saturday morning. That was a great couple segments with some guests from the Arizona State Historic Preservation Office and the Arizona Historic Foundation. Just great conversations about great places for you to go see in the great state of Arizona. I have here in my hands right now a list of 100 sites just in the state of Arizona that are open to the public for you, your kids, your spouse, your friends to go out and go see. I'm going to rattle off just a couple of them. You heard us talking in the last segment about the northeast corner of the state. Gosh, man, it's just so pretty. And people drive right through it on the way to Telluride or or Durango or Denver or, or Taos. But it's a beautiful part of the state. We talked about staying at La Posada and having dinner at the turquoise room. You'll, it's a meal you'll never forget. And from there, you get up to Homal, how did they pronounce it? Homalavi State Park. And that's a great state park out on the open plains where there were actually dwellings of hundreds and hundreds of people and inhabitants. And they were divided and they ended up splitting up and going up to first and second and third Mesa where there's still a Ribe is the oldest continually inhabited human site in North America, and it's right here in Arizona. Now, it is on the reservation, and it is not open for public tour without a guide, but know that it's here. It's a place that you can go see. It's absolutely incredible community right on the top of a plateau that sticks out on the finger overlooking this valley, and the homes are just stuck like glue to the edges of this cliff. Absolutely incredible place. That's Oribe. And then we took you through the rest of Canyon de Chez and brought you back through Painted Desert and Petrified Forest. We took you there. Now, it's your turn to take yourself there or to any other corner of the state. And you do that by getting to our website, rosieonthehouse.com. 
on the front page, on the landing page. It's right there. We make it as easy as humanly possible. You click on Arizona Staycation. It's sponsored by the great people at Sanderson Ford. You register to win the staycation. Once a month, we pick a name, and then we empty all the names so you can register to win every single month until you win, okay? We encourage you to do that. Register to win, and if we draw your name, you get to go to Sanderson Ford. Now, they've got 64 acres of Ford vehicles new and used over there. And in one corner of the lot, they've got what they've called their dim dim demonstration stable, where they've got a current lot of cars where you can go pick. These are cars that if, if, if one of their customers are thinking about buying or trading in, they keep certain models available there to get them out on the road and let people try them. We've had people take F-150 Platinums. We've had them take Fusions. We've had them take Expeditions, the Escapes, virtually Mustangs, virtually every car that Ford makes. So you get in touch with John over at Sanderson Ford and you let him know, hey, I'm I, you know, I'm thinking about maybe a Mustang. When when would the demonstration corral have a Mustang available? He'll give you the dates. Then you coordinate those dates with our office and determine where you want to go. Jennifer, my wife, gives you a gift card that will more than cover all the gas. Sanderson Ford's going to give you the car full of gas. And we'll give you a gift card that will cover all the rest of the gas you need for the whole trip. It'll cover the food you're going to need for the whole trip. She puts gift baskets in there from Serena Candy or Coyote Odie Cookies or Arizona Highways or any one of a number of our other partners, Sphinx Date Ranch also. You'll have the gift box, you'll have the car, you'll have the gift card, you let us know where in the state you want to explore. We can give you a list of the state parks absolutely in every corner of the state. We've got a fabulous place to go see, and then we find out where you want to stay. We have over 20 lodging partners throughout the state of Arizona, so we give you your lodging for free. So are you hearing me? This is a vacation where we give you a brand new car to use, we pay for your food, we give you a gift card that's going to more than pay for all of your gas and all of your meals, and you get to pick the date to go on. Now, that's only available one place, and that's at Rosie. On the house.com. And we call it the Sanderson Ford Arizona Staycation. We've been very fortunate that Arizona Highways Magazine and the Arizona Office of Tourism have helped promote this, as well as the good people at Sanderson Ford. And it's all for you, the Arizona homeowner, who we come here to the station every Saturday morning to do one thing develop plans like this that can prove to you that we want to be your best friend. That's our goal. Become every Arizona homeowner's best friend. So y'all stay tuned. In the next hour, we'll be going to the outdoor living segment where we talk about everything having to do with your garden, your hedges, your trees, and your lawn right here at Rosie on the House.